and welcome to Season 2, Episode 2 of the Empora Podcast. Joining me for this week's discussion is, well, it's the same lot as last time, to be honest. Uh, we've got Will Rennick, editor of Outdoors Magic. Hello. That was lovely, actually. <laughs> uh, Jordan Tiernan of Empora and Outdoors Magic. Hello, hello. And we've also got Giles Dean, also of Empora and Outdoors Magic. Good evening. Good um, evening. <laughs> <laughs> We've, we've decided to do this... You're on it. Yeah, fine. Another, another shambolic start to, <laughs> to the pod. Um, guys, uh, my first question to you this week is, where the hell did you sleep last night? <laughs> Giles, where did you sleep last night? Sound like Kurt Cobain. Um, well, at home, why, what have you heard? It's, we're going to get there in a second. <laughs> uh, Jordan, where did you sit last Yeah, time? I was well and truly tucked up on a very cold winter's evening. Netflix and chill? Yep. Nice. Solid Netflix you and chill. Doing, is this section purely for you to just like... Brag. Yeah. <laughs> no spoilers. Let's get, right. let's get through with it. Let's get through it though. Okay, so where were you? Oh, let's, well, let's get Reddit first. Well, yeah. I was actually last night. I was bivying in uh, in Epping Forest. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to steal the limelight, but <laughs> <laughs> guys, um, I mean that was a really poorly stage on my part introduction there. But basically, yeah, no, I went bivy bagging last night in Epping Forest. It was cold. It was cold. I didn't get much sleep. I'm in no mental. Why didn't you sleep? I was cold. Really? Was it? it well, I was, thought you had a like minus twenty five bag. I did. I had a really good mat. I had like an X bed camping mat. It was, a, it was a really good bit of kit. Yeah. Um, but I just, I think I've got poor circulation. I don't think I'm built for like the Arctic expeditions because like I literally, I finally got to sleep at about four in the morning. I was sort of like I was in and out of sleep, but four in the morning was like my, that was my proper little two hour window of yeah. sleep. Woke up at six in the morning. So was it getting light then? A little bit light, yeah. But basically, I think, in a nutshell, what I'm trying to get at is that, yeah, February wild camping, not fun, but also kind of fun. Respect for giving it a go, though. Yeah. Did, did, you, um, did you need a wee? Yeah, out of curiosity. Yeah, so this is, this is the thing that I really found really stressful throughout the whole evening. Basically, I kind of went, so did a pre-bed wee, Went to bed. Yeah. Good. I was very cold. Got back into bed. Within about an hour and a half, I was like, I need a wee. Like, were you drinking beer before? Yeah. Can't See, I think that's the killer. Do you know why it's important to wee? In the cold, anyway. Because, apparently, if you need a wee, um, your body brings all the heat to your bladder in order to make sure that it, it doesn't freeze inside you. Yeah. So you're using up energy in the wrong place. So if you go for a wee, it means that actually your your kind of body is more efficiently regulating. So you're saying me holding it for three and a half hours... Bad idea. ...was an error. Very bad idea, yeah. yeah. So, Will, Will, what do you do? Do you bring a bottle into your bivy bag or...? Bivy bag's tough. Like a ten. Bivy bag bottle shop. Yeah, that's pretty I've tough. Got a, I've got a terrible story, actually. <laughs> so... A few years ago, I, walk, I walked around Wales. It took me sixty-three days. Oh, don't go on about it. And you kind of get into little, you get into little routines. I got into a routine of pissing in my tent porch. Oh, I remember this one. <laughs> and, um, Jesus Christ! One time I was I was staying <laughs> in the, 
village. I was staying in a campsite, and the campsite was on top of a hill. And um, I'd been chatting away to these bike packers at the bottom of the campsite, and um, went to bed. I had, I had a can of Magnus or something, so eventually, to make sure that my, my pee didn't freeze inside me, I went for a, I went for a wee. And, um, and I just heard... When I say I went for a wee, by the way, I, I kind of leaned into my porch, like rolled into the porch... And eventually I heard this hysterical laughter and realised that because I was on top of the hill, the people down at the bottom of the hill could see directly under my tent porch. <laughs> so good. You with your cashew out having a wig. So I'll, 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 yeah. <laughs> micro adventures are absolutely massive at the moment this whole kind of idea that you leave the office at 5 30 you get on a train somewhere you camp somewhere you get really cold or whatever uh, and then you come back into the office at about 6 a.m 7 a.m you know, maybe you wet wipe yourself down on the way like why what do you think's driving that and is it just a phase or is it kind of do you think it's a long-term shift towards the outdoors um, I think it's definitely people in urban environments obviously wanting to get away from the whole, you know, hustle and bustle. Um, I guess people like, you know, me and Will, we've sort of spent a lot of time in the mountains, so it's always good to get back. Like me, me and Giles recently went up to the Highlands via the sleeper train, which is quite a similar night to Vivian, actually. It was, <laughs> it was uncomfortable, you didn't get too much sleep, and... Um, and yeah, you woke up with a sort of crooked neck. Um, but anyway, we went up to the Highlands and sort of got into that sort of Highland culture and really got out in the mountains. It felt like awesome coming coming from London straight into the Highlands and waking up in Aviemore. It was like, oh, wow. Like, I feel like you really take it all in once you go from the city straight to, yeah, the outdoors. And that's that's probably what people are thinking or the experiences that people are are looking to gain. We're completely deprived of a sense of adventure, challenge, or just natural connection. Yeah. And it's something that's in, in us, isn't it? It goes back to the beginning of man. So it's got to be linked to that, hasn't it? The kind of like primal urge to get out there and be amongst it, do you think? Just or? just be challenged, I think. We, our lives are too simple physically, I think. Yeah, I think... Um say going back to the Highland trip it was like it was like blowing 80 just steady breeze just blowing 80 gusts of 120 miles an hour up in Cairngorm the summit of Cairngorm mountain yeah we got fully violented yeah and I think it really just it just brings you back to like a totally normal person you know everyone in the group is going through the same thing they're experiencing the same experiences and it yeah like Will said it goes back to that sort of core I don't know maybe it's some sort of Something that's like in our in our minds, yeah. Like that, yeah. Well, I think I think this is actually in a sort of all sort of cynicism aside and all kind of negativity aside. I genuinely, despite getting absolutely no sleep last night, that little moment when you wake up and the sunrise is coming up, yeah, it's a weird sort of adrenaline rush. It's probably not an adrenaline rush, but there's that feeling of just like I made it. When you, felt, when you go back good. into London and you go off Liverpool Street and you're walking through Spitzfields Market, were you looking around at everyone sort of with a slight feeling of like you're better than everyone else? 
Yeah. <laughs> no, it's true. It is, it's a, it, I genuinely had a bit of a strut this morning. If you yeah. saw me at Liverpool Street this morning and I was strutting around with a big Fiaro from backpack, <laughs> I'm sorry if you saw that. But, um, like, yeah, no, it's, 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 there's something about it very kind of like, you just feel like you've had a really elevated experience. And I just find it really interesting that the, I don't know if it's related to like Instagram and social media, but it just seems to be such a thing at the moment. Mm. And I'm just curious to know if it's, it's a phase, a trend, or whether it's literally like a permanent shift. There's or... obviously like a lot of people out there doing this stuff on the weekends, but like how many people do you think are actually out there doing it midweek? Because that's like a completely different ball game altogether really, isn't it? Yeah, potentially. Yeah, I just, I, just, I mean, I just, maybe I'm just sort of been, I've been caught up in the whole kind of the hashtags and the kind of the Al Humphreys kind of mm. hashtag microadventures. Guys, get out there and do your stuff. So recently, last week, maybe two weeks ago, on the Impora Facebook page, a video went incredibly viral of a ski lift, a ski chairlift queue in Vail, Colorado. Right, yeah. I don't know if you guys have seen, if the listeners, you guys have seen the queue. We'll put pictures up with the pod. Um, but basically, it was the most spectacular queue I've ever seen. It was, it went on for miles, or so it seemed. Uh, and I guess my question to you guys is, what's the longest you would queue for an experience in the outdoors? And, I mean, Jordan, I know what you're going to say already. <laughs> I'm going to come straight to you. Yeah. With those people, when you watch that video of people queuing at Vail, Colorado, what were you thinking? I definitely wouldn't queue at Vail. Um, and yeah, I, unless it's the Aguda Midi in Chamonix, which is notorious for its huge queue lines, like I wouldn't really queue for a lift. Okay. That country is the way. Okay. Obviously, I... I sort of go out of my way to avoid all of the queues, and if you go, you know, maybe a half, half an hour ski tour away, then you're you're in the middle of nowhere in most resorts, and you've got the place to yourselves. So, okay, that would be my answer. I respect that. Well, what do you what do you think? How long would you well, how long would you queue at Vale for that chairlift? It's not it's not why you get out there, is it? You know, yeah, exactly. Outdoors to stand around like you would in a bloody Pret a Manger or something. So. Um, I know I I couldn't handle it. <clears throat> I went skiing in Oslo last year, and I was actually really relieved to find that there are absolutely no queues at all. That's that resort just straight out of the city. Yeah, it? it's basically the end of a tube line nice. in Oslo. So no, I I, I couldn't hack it, and it's, it's part of the reason why I don't really ski much anyway. Because mm. with hiking, you don't get that yeah. apart apart from on the summit of Penavan or or Sweden, Everest or, or Everest yeah. as well. Luckily, um, I think. Um, yeah, luckily I think the the European resorts are so well, you know, interconnected and there's so much infrastructure that we don't actually see too many queues yeah, like you do in North America. That's a real problem in North America. And I think the whole Vail queue thing was a bit of a perfect storm of, you know, it was a holiday and the North American lift in- infrastructure just sort of clashed and created these queues. But, um, but yeah, luckily we get away with it quite lightly in, in Europe. And we rarely see queues in, in, in ski resorts. Mm. What do you think, Joss? Obviously, yeah. you're into the backcountry stuff as well. Do you think you'd queue available for that? Or yeah. how long would you queue? Yeah, it's a difficult one. I guess, like, if you've got a queue, you've got a queue. If you're there and you're, you're like, if it's the only way out, you've just got to do it. But I think, um, 
yeah, I, I guess Arsenal attitude is really like you use the lifts to access the terrain, really. So you'd hope you'd have to take the hit first thing in the morning, queue up, get up that lift, and then hike up or tour up from there, really. But um, yeah, it's interesting to see, and it's interesting to compare it to the the Euro market because yeah, I've never seen anything like that over here, and hopefully we won't. The, yeah. the way I see it, when you factor in the the costs of equipment, yeah. travel to it. Mm. The the price of actually using the resorts yeah. is just. How much money do you think Vale made that day? Oh, that's a beer cap. Cheers, world. It's <laughs> <laughs> an excellent audio there from Rennick. Um, I yeah, I mean, I don't know. I couldn't even tell you, but the I've just never seen a ski queue like it. And it was one of those things that I sort of watched the video about two or three times and was just kind of blown away by all these people just standing there. And hey, look, we've all queued for lifts before and, and everything, but it I was a case of like, is it worth it? Is it worth it? Just do something else. Go back country, yeah. hang out in the sauna for an afternoon, come back later. Like what it, it just it felt like it was all kind of a bit the priorities were all a bit wrong there. But anyway, we'll move on from the ski lift in Vale. My final kind of talking point, um, and it's gonna relate to some news that I have. So basically last week I got engaged to be wed. Uh, and I proposed... So basically two big things happened to me last week. I got engaged, which is exciting, obviously. But I, I also got the opportunity to test out the Snowpeak 2.5L Wonderlust jacket in Dungeness. How are you going to link this together, then? Watch this space. Is <laughs> um, that where it went down, Dungeness? Dungeness. I, I, did the, I did the deed in Dungeness while wearing a Snowpeak really? jacket. Which power station A or B? Uh, I couldn't tell you, actually. Yeah. Are they was, both down there? Yeah, two together. B, they're next to each other. Oh, really? did, it, did it right by the nuclear power station, actually. Because nice. basically, I kept trying to propose, and it was a bit like a sitcom episode where things kept going wrong. So, the first time I went to propose, we ended up on a kind of like a graveyard for like mollusks, basically. There's like dead sea creatures everywhere, like little red blobs everywhere. It stunk of fish. I was like, oh, maybe not here. Uh, so, the second time I went to propose, I was like, oh, I'll take a picture of you kind of looking that way, and then kind of surprised proposed but she just kind of walked off so I was left standing there like okay so third time mission accomplished she said yes but really there's an epic surf spot there just around the corner in Dungeness yeah when the wind blows properly just around the corner it was a a windy blustery place I will say that waves um, no waves no waves, no waves. a lot of lighthouses like, I saw like two or three really cool lighthouses yeah nice uh, but anyway yeah tying this back in a real kind of roundabout way I got the opportunity as well as to propose to my long term girlfriend who's obviously amazing um, I got the chance to test the Snowpeak Wonderlust jacket um, and this kind of got me thinking like oh you know that's a big life event I was wearing this Snowpeak jacket it got me leading on to this kind of question I was going to ask you guys is like if you had to wear one jacket for the rest of your life so you'd have to go to funerals in it weddings in it bar mitzvahs in it you've got to propose in it you've got to die in it you've got to be at the birth of your first child in it what about hiking or skiing you got to go or... oh yeah all that as well you've right. got to go skiing and hiking as well hang so on you're the full spectrum of life you've got your outdoor pursuits you've got and you can never take it off what, what if it's hot no it's on you forever it's the one jacket it's on you forever so this is the snow peak jacket that you'd wear well, well no no I don't, know if, I don't know if it is that jacket but for me on, because this, I was wearing this the question you own one jacket or like you, you physically have to wear one you jacket you physically it's illegal for you to remove this jacket 
That's so a you different are, question. Okay, fine. So you so you have to wear one jacket. Yeah. And it has to be functional, but it also has to be appropriate for like uh, for formal occasions. Yeah. Got it. You, you can't. So yeah. By the way, just before we start this, if Jordan says what I think he's going to say, no, I'm not. If you I'm say future light, <laughs> you're off the pod. Yeah. <laughs> no, we love we obviously love future light, obviously. But um, uh, okay, Will, what are you going to say? You had a. There's a there's a few brands, aren't there? We've already yeah. decided for you. What, yeah. What is it then? Yeah. The silly Fiore even thing. <laughs> silly Fiore? Whoa! Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> we cut that. Me we are. Yeah. We are cutting that from the pod. It's not even waterproof. Uh, yeah, is it if you wax it? I'd say Fjall Raven, they strike that perfect balance, don't they? They do, yeah. It's, uh, it's, I guess it's like timeless, isn't it? It's something mm. that's been around for 60 odd years or yeah. more. A pitch black Fjall Raven jacket for me has good potential for Yeah, them. but well, yeah. Is it that great? Well, I was going to say that, that there are a few, aren't there? So the Fjall Ravens of this world, the Filsons, yeah. Snow Peak potentially fall into it. It's kind of outdoor wear. That people wear every day, sure, as well, don't they? Mm. So I'd probably put Fjall Raven into it. Any particular Fjall Raven product? Be a, or? Yeah, it's, you've got to pick a jacket. Oh God, Vita Pro. Okay. But you'd have to get the black one, wouldn't you? Lots of pockets, good for everyday life. Yeah, yeah like Jordan, what are you saying? Um, Jordan absolutely hates this question. Like, <laughs> this, so. No, no, not at all. I, I was trying to think of something like really nostalgic and you know, harking back to my old jackets. But I do genuinely just go through loads of jackets, so none of them really mean much to me, but prob- probably be that purple and black one from the North Face. I'd say the... a funeral, Jordan. I could. It's like, you know, it's quite subtle, isn't it? It's like, <laughs> the majority of it's black. <laughs> right. I think, you know, I it's think quite you... understated. So it's, I think it's called the North Face uh, Free Thinker. It's their Steep Series, so... Was that still oh. when, it, when it was in Gore-Tex? Yeah, so it uses Gore-Tex Pro, um, which yeah, will last me a, hopefully a lifetime if I'm wearing it for a lifetime. could do all my skiing in it, which is pretty much the only activity I do during the winter and spring months. Um, and it looks pretty smart. It looks pretty cool. It's I pretty can smart. wear it around London. Yeah, like, I, think, I think you could get away with it. Yeah, not look like a you know, serious, gnarly mountaineer. I think my only caveat I'd throw on that is you could wear it to a funeral, but you absolutely could not do a reading at the funeral. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I think you'd have to be like kind of at the back, kind of respectfully, kind of nodding along. I'd have some stern scowls from my mum at the funeral, I think. Jordan, take wear it off. Take it off. Jesus, yeah. and you're like, I can't. <laughs> Jack has ordered me. Yeah. I can't. I made exactly. a solid bow on the post. Um, so but yeah, that would, that would be my choice, I think. Okay, um, good, good pick. A jacket okay. that actually works, I'd say. Yeah. Giles, have you got an idea for this? Or? Yeah, I do actually, and it's almost a jacket that I almost wear every day. Um, and it's my Surf Perimeters Stealth Jacket, and it's a it's a soft shell soft soft shell jacket. Um, so it's yeah, it's, it's amazingly breathable, water resistant, but not waterproof, which is perfect for cutting around every day. Because as long as you're not in the rain for like over an hour, it's fine. Um, so, but I wouldn't really. Yeah, it's not a jacket I'd wear like hiking or like in the mountains. But like, but you've got to. Day. Oh yeah, I've got to. But yeah, then it would well, suffice. I'd it love to suffice. see you in the Scottish Highlands wearing that in soft that eighty shirt. miles per hour winds when the freezing levels are above the summits and it's chucking it down. This is true. Do you know what this makes me think of? Yeah, the, the age-old argument: what is the point 
in a soft shell jacket. See, I think it's a good question. I, I think there's a lot of room for a soft shell. I mean, moving away from you have to wear 24-7, I think there's a lot of space for soft shells. I think they're, well, the first thing, they're way more breathable than a hard shell, right? Yeah, but, and um, they block out the elements like just enough. Like if you're, as long as you're not in a storm, they, they'll do pretty well. And they're so much more comfortable, right? They're good for high tempos, definitely. Mm. Cycling. Yeah. I'd say they're good for alpine environments. That's, yeah, that's about it. Yeah. I don't think they, <laughs> I don't think you'll get much waterproofing in the British environment in a soft shell. No, I agree. But, I mean, I don't know what I'd wear, to be honest, and I should know because I've asked the question. I thought that I think the Snow Peak Wanderlust jacket, which I did actually really like, and it was very waterproof. Uh, I think, and also I've got kind of positive memories of it now, so I think that's a that's a potential one. It's a pitch black, looks pretty cool. But then also you've got to make a case for the old Sprayway Torridon, I think. It's a bit more Clayton, isn't it? A bit it? more Clayton. It's very it's yeah. not, Clayton. You could wear it at a funeral, but then I think I'd just be the guy who was just the funky guy at the back. This is the like, bright, brightly coloured jacket that has been around for year 40 so. years. Well, yeah, 40, 40 years or ah, something. It's like full on retro, isn't yellow, it? Yellow, retro. It, I think it's just more, that's more for me, that's purely because I really like that jacket. I don't know if it's appropriate for funerals, weddings. Didn't you get stopped on the street wearing it once? I did actually, yeah. Not by the police. It's <laughs> <laughs> sprayway listening. Um, no, yeah, I got some kid came up to me and was like, literally, it was like some sort of kid in Lewisham just came up to me and went, sick jacket, bro. And I was wearing the Torridon. So there you go. Did you give him a fist bump? Gave him a fist bump and uh, 20 pounds for weed. <laughs> Dad, we're going to cut that. <laughs> we're going to cut that from the pod. Um, but... Sleep deprivation. <laughs> we should do a week in these jackets and see. Yeah, that's a good, that's a good show. Do a week in the middle of Wales or oh, Scotland or something like that. We've talked ourselves into a challenge here, guys. Yeah. That's a challenge. For I guarantee Giles will be sodden. In this soft shell. So next week we're all wearing one jacket and we can't take it off the entire week. <laughs> what a glad she? Challenge accepted. Challenge accepted. Let's do it. We're, we're not going to do it. We're probably not going to do it. Um, guys, that's probably all we've got time for. I think we've gone on for about half an hour now. If you like the pod, please do tell your friends about it, uh, like it, subscribe to it, um, tell your grand, tell your mum, tell your dad. Uh, on the next episode hopefully I won't be so sleep deprived and yeah we'll just have another good chat yeah thanks for listening guys cheers pop 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 cheers. see ya toodaloo done ciao